This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. No music. Decided to do a cold open. So when you see the start of Saturday Night Live, we just starts up on a sketch. It's called a cold open. So what we're doing here on episode 30 of Boomsies, the Chris Nylon episode. Knuckles Nylon. Check out his podcast with Tim Stapleton, Raw Knuckles. I named it. I got a sweater and I'm very happy for it. And I got you order Knuckles Nylon gear at KnucklesNylon.com and he sends you an autograph card. Just a quality human, bad driver, really bad driver. I was uh, messaging him last night, sent him a bunch of hearts, heart emojis. He didn't, didn't respond to those. I don't think Knuckles is a hugger or a harder. So welcome to episode 30. We have some big news to get to, which I teased last episode. A major announcement, but uh, we've got to start with the, the biggest news in this country. The Queen of Canada went to my hometown of Peterborough. Not sure how it went. I was just surprised we had a queen of Canada. I'm sure it went fine. I'm sure there's nothing to see. here. <laughs> the queen of Canada. In other news, uh, yesterday I was playing golf. And my phone blew up on the 18th hole. See, the great thing about golf is. Yes, put your phone away. You're not locked on your device. You're not stuck on the Instagram or the TikTok or the Twitter or your emails. But my phone blew up. Friends are like, uh, you, you see what happened? I'm like, the Queen of Canada, is she coming to my golf course? They're like, no, no, no. The Queen go bye-bye. Lisa LaFlemme out as the most recognizable national news anchor in Canada. After 35 years at the network, she's gone. No video tribute. No chance to say goodbye to the people around Canada that she spent every single night with. 35 years at a company, and she has to tape a video goodbye from her living room. My mother called me almost in tears. She's like, Lisa, what happened? 
That's how most people would refer to Lisa LaFlemme because she was almost like a family member because you trusted her that much. So my mom said to me, they said it was a business decision. And I'm like, oh, mom, I know that term. I was a business decision too. When I was conceived and when I was laid off. Yeah, when you, you live on a farm, parents have lots of kids because it is a business decision. You need all the hands you can get. So if you're born and raised in a farm family, you are a business decision. So Lisa LaFlamme out. And I think that's all I'm allowed to legally say about that. Just give me a second here. Hang on, bear with me. I'm just looking through some documents. Okay, I signed that one. I don't understand why. Ah, mm-hmm. Okay. And how long is this contract? For life. I'm bound for life to this contract. Did I have any legal advice? Oh, producer Tim was my lawyer. Okay. I think uh, that's where I went. That's where I went uh, off the rails with that one. Anyway, let's get to that big news. Here's the surprise. Well, I guess it makes no sense if you're listening. Natasha Staniszewski is joining the Bed Rivers Network. Woohoo! Natasha, we're working together again. I thought the day that uh, you and I were both Lisa LaFlemmed from the network that uh, we would never work together again. And here we are. Here we are. Well, you never really know what the future is going to hold, yeah. do you? No. Here we are. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? I am so excited. We are now living in different provinces. You have since moved to uh, Alberta. Uh, you uh, are doing stuff with the stamps, the flames. How is life in Alberta? Life in Alberta is great. It's funny that you mentioned moving because I am moving Again, I am knee deep in boxes, which you can't really see right now, but I bought a house <gasps> and so I'm packing and I'm moving neighborhoods. I'm moving out of downtown. So that is, uh, that's what's kind of consuming that's me lately. That's a big change but- because you're a downtown type of person. You like to be in the heart of things, in the, in the thick of the action. I, I really enjoyed living downtown in Toronto. Yes. And I've enjoyed it here too. So I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit. I don't know if this is the right thing, but I'm, I'm jumping in with two feet. I'm going to try suburban. I mean, it's not really, I'm 10 minutes within downtown and I'm in a pretty good, cool neighborhood. So I think it'll be okay, but it will be an adjustment for sure. I will no longer see high rises and towers outside of my window. So it's going to be strange. So does that mean a lot less sunsets on your uh, social media feeds? 
Yeah, I yes. There's there's I mean, I face west, which is good, so I still will get some kind of sunset light, but I don't know what that's going to look like anymore. Yeah. So you have to drive to find sunsets now. Exactly, which I actually do enjoy doing anyways. I like chasing sunsets. And that's so, probably a you're a huge country music fan, so that's probably a country music song, Chasing Sunsets. It's got to be. I don't know if there is. It should be if there isn't. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so, so yeah. So okay, uh, you're moving. You're you're settled in Alberta. Uh, the in between time. How was that for you? I know uh, myself personally because again, we were let go the the same exact day. I didn't know if I would ever work in the industry again. I had no clue. So when people would ask me, Dan, what are you going to do now? I would say I have no idea. So. In between that day we were canned and the day you started uh, working for the Stamps and Flames, what was that period like? It was hard. I think it's still hard, Dan. Like I, you know, you lose your, I was, I did an interview with somebody today and they were talking about my dream job and, you know, you lose your dream job and they're like, well, do you have another dream job? And no, I haven't figured out my second dream job yet. I don't know if there is such a thing because I loved what I was doing so much before. So it's hard figuring out what the next thing is. And you kind of know it's going to be okay. You think it's going to be okay. You tell yourself things will work out, but it's still tricky. You're still feeling anxious about it. At least I was. And now that I'm with the stamps and the flames, I mean, it's great. I'm really enjoying it more than I thought I would. So that's awesome. Um, Dipping my toe into the gambling world. I mean, I didn't see that. I didn't expect that coming, but I'm, you know, saying yes to that, trying that. I think it's going to be fun. I hope it's going to be fun. It is a blast. I can tell you. It's the best company ever to work for. Well, I keep hearing great things from you and other people about it. So I think it's all going to be awesome, but I still feel a little unsettled. So I'm going to tell you some conversations. I hope I'm not divulging massive secrets between Natasha and I. So when she was talking with the Bet Rivers people, she'd like, they want me to do whatever I want to do that. I'm, I'm like, yeah, they want you to be happy, but they're you're like, that makes no sense because we were programmed to you can do this and shut the up. And just do it. Now, at at our ages, we've been in the industry over 20 years. We're like, wait, we get to do what we want. We can say no to things. So it's it's a different position to be in. And you're still getting used to that. I, I think you're exactly right. I meant to say that in my last answer and I got off track. But I it's, it's true. It's like you can do whatever you want. People say, well, what do you want to do? You can do whatever you want. And I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't like, I have a few ideas of things I would like to try, but it's not that easy knowing what you want to do next when you have the pull, the rug pulled out from under you. So, and speaking of which, so yeah, you losing your dream job. It was my dream job as well, but you have to admit not working a shift and getting home at two or three in the morning does wonders for your sleep. No one talks about the effects that shift work does on your mental health. It's brutal. Yes. I mean, for you and me, I'm, at least we had a consistent schedule so you could sort of get used to working nights a little bit, but people who switch back and forth, like nurses or firefighters, I don't know how they do it. I do not 
it can't, it's not good for you. No. And yeah, just for you and me, I mean, we would be up till what, two or three or 4 a.m. That's not good for you. You're not supposed to be awake no. at that hour. So I do not miss that. Although I'm still not a morning person. Like for me, my morning getting up at 8, 8.30, that's, that's like, even that is still hard for me. Yeah. People that are all cheery in the mornings. I'm trying to be happier in the mornings, but I'm like, something's wrong yeah. with those people. Something's <laughs> wrong with those people. Who I are, don't trust those people. No, I don't trust yeah. them either. Uh, but you're, <laughs> here's some ideas. Uh, you start a, uh, a golf tip thing for Bet Rivers because you're golfing a ton. And you're actually leaving this interview to, to yeah. get a tea time. I know that feeling very well because I'm always telling my producers, we got to tape this. I got to go golfing. There you go. Got my little golf shirt on. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I yes, you're right. I might do something golf-ish uh, online. I might do something with baking. We'll see. Maybe traveling. I got to figure that piece out. Probably baking. We're probably going to start with baking because that's what I'm good at. That's what I'm used to. And then we'll we'll see where it goes. From Whip there. it up whenever. Uh, here's a golf there tip you for you on the golf course today. Uh, I don't know why I didn't know this before. I'm 46. I've golfed my entire life and I just found this out and I used it today on the golf course and I didn't hit one bad sand shot. When you're in the sand, you should finish with all your weight on your front foot in the sand. Before I was like, well, I got to get it up. So I'm like tilting my body to get, they're like, no, you finish all your foot, all your weight on your front foot. And then you get it out every time I hit four bunker shots today. Perfection. It seems like the stupidest go. thing and, and avid golfers will hear me say this. They're like, you're an idiot if you didn't know that, but I didn't. And I'm easily, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, the first to admit I'm an idiot. I don't think you're an idiot because golfing is friggin' hard and there's so many things to know and remember and sand. I mean, bunker shots are, are the hardest shots. You, you want to like, I think everyone's tendency is they don't want to, what's it called? Skull it. Yes. Right. Is that the right word? Yeah, yes. skull it. That sounds weird to me. Um, so you're scared to hit it when you're supposed to hit it as hard as you can and move forward with the ball. That's right. Which is like goes against everything that you probably think you should be doing. I know because so. usually I'm like I, I'm almost falling backwards because I'm like I got to get it up. That's what people think. You, yeah. you got to get it up out of the sand. But I was doing it wrong. Uh, and speaking of mental health, golf is probably the best sport ever for your mental health because that's all you can focus on at that time with everything that's in your head, you can't focus on any other problems. So it's a great mental health activity. Uh, okay. I don't know if that's true. It is. I feel like golf, golf ruins my mental health. It makes me crazy. I went golfing last week, the day that I signed the deal on my townhouse that I bought mm -hmm. and I golfed horribly because I was thinking about a million other things like the house, the transaction besides golf and I just couldn't focus and it just ruined me. I don't know. I don't know if it's good for my mental health or not, Dan. Well, it, it, should is, be. it is for me because, and also I don't, I don't give a crap how I finish up because no one cares oh. about your score in golf. So you could shoot 200 yeah. people are like, most people don't even ask. And I'm glad they don't. Well, Natasha, sure. we are so happy to have you part of the family. Uh, when are you going to start putting out stuff? Well, well, what should we, what should we do? Follow you on Instagram, uh, on Twitter? I don't know. What? I think Instagram is a great place to start. I am going to move. And then as of September 1st is kind of when things kick in. So I'll be, uh, up on Instagram 
t- not tweeting things, posting things uh, in September, early September. Okay. That's the plan. Natasha, I've told you this to your face and I'll tell you now, whenever you would fill in for Jay when he was away and we'd host together, we would get more feedback on every appearance that you were on the show. You are a fan favorite. That network that will remain nameless are not smart for letting you go, but it is great because now bet rivers network has you. And we are so happy for that. Here we are. Well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. And, uh, I'm excited to work with you again, Dan. This is going to be awesome. Yes. You say that now, but we'll see. (laughs) Have a, have a great golf game. Thank you. Have a good night. It's daytime or nighttime. Actually, a podcast, it's any time of day you want it to be. There you go. Natasha, so uh, keep an eye out for her content. And we're going to have her as a regular guest on this podcast. She's just an, a quality human. Moving on. So there's a Netflix docuseries, three-part docuseries out right now. It's uh, it's always the trending topics. I always like to try click on those. It's Trainwreck, Woodstock 99. And it dives into this train wreck that was Woodstock 99. And we have a man that was there with our lady piece, Jeremy Taggart. Jeremy, good to see you, buddy. Uh, so you played the Sunday afternoon. Yes. So this documents how all these young people were put into this air base with no food, no water. Cause they weren't allowed to bring it in and then pretty much left to fend for themselves. And then it just went downhill from there. So Saturday night was when it went nuts, right? Were you on the grounds Saturday night? Yeah, I got in Saturday, uh, late afternoon. So when I got in, we, you know, the buses were whisked into this area. The backstage was like a separate city basically compared to the general admission and so i I didn't bother ever going out there because i just figured it was fine other than the fact it was a bunch of tarmac instead of green fields like that was a bit gross you know and it was an airfield so it just didn't feel anything like what woodstock was supposed to be yeah peace and love yeah like just the vibe kind of felt like the opposite felt kind of more like a a prison field, you know, but, uh, so anyway, um, when I got there, we just were, went backstage and, and I, I, I went side stage and I watched, uh, I watched rage. Um, I think corn and whoever was on Saturday night, limp biscuit, I think. Oh yeah. Limp biscuits set them off. Yeah. But I thought, you know, I thought rage was great. And then Metallica played, and I went out front for like 10 seconds. (laughs) Like, I went out into the crowd for 10 seconds, and I came back out, and I was like, it was so intense and scary uh, that I I, I was like, this is is nothing. Like, this is the scariest vibe I've ever been in. And this was Saturday night, so people were already had a, had either done it for one night. So this, everyone has gone, had gone to full primal stage, <laughs> like all Neanderthals. <laughs> it, it was just an, a scary vibe. And, uh, so I went right back, uh, to backstage and, uh, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't realize that it was that chaotic other than just scary and just intense. Like I thought, I thought, Someone could rip my pass off, and I'm never getting back in, in the yeah. backstage. And I'm stuck out here forever. Who knows? Right? <laughs> so, 
Um, and just, like I said, it was just kind of dark. The feel was just dark. Uh, and, and I went backstage and, uh, you know, we played the next day and it was still, still like, uh, packed. Like all I could see was heads for miles, like probably 300,000 people still on Sunday. And we played around three o'clock and, uh, it was a great show, but I, I, you know, watching the documentary, I didn't realize how awful it was out there. You know, I mean, if I, if I had known it was that bad out there, I would have like, you know, been trying to get some water <laughs> to people or given some water. Cause backstage it was like, whatever you want, everything is there, food, drink, water. So, um, it was just a kind of a, a, a classic example of if you're in that, you know, if you're in the position of, uh, you know, a safe place or whatever, when chaos is going on, you don't, you just have no clue that it's that bad. You, you could see the full vibes. Like it definitely had, you could tell that it was dark or, you know, just really dry and hot. And, and, and I heard that, the, you know, that the water bottles were expensive, but I didn't realize it was literally chaos, like instant chaos out there. <laughs> well, they, they interviewed the corn lead singer and he said, no, no booze, no drugs will ever give him the feeling that he had on that stage when he was the, the conductor of 300,000 people where he yeah. was, he had them in the palm of his hand. And True, I can't, because, I can't imagine yeah. that feeling. Well, and that's the thing like corn, and Limp Biscuit, they were kind of probably the biggest bands in America at the time. Like they were everywhere. They, they were, it's all kids were talking about and listening to and trying to look like. So, um, not not the best time in American music for in terms of like. No, it was very angry. That's like it's not happy it, music. It well, was very angry. In terms of like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm biased, but in terms of quality music, like it was just that the new metal stuff, like I wasn't like, even if it affected Our Lady Peace, definitely in terms of like, well, we had to kind of change our sound and think about that kind of genre, just like any other genre, when something becomes the number one, you have to kind of think about it and, or at least try and frame something in that regard. If you want to maintain radio play or significance to label people or whatever, but it was just kind of a time to be honest in, in, uh, in music. Cause like the bands weren't great. And, and it was pretty funny. If you watch the docuseries, like a 20 something kid at the time, he was in the meeting with all these, uh, the guys running the festival and he's the one who lured them. He's like, Guys, you know this entire bill is like angry music yeah. that's going to rile these people up. And they pretty much told them, shut up. You go sit yeah. in the corner and shut up. Because these guys, had, well, they booked these bands and had never heard of them. But if they had booked a bunch of bands that that were in the same spirit of, of Woodstock, it wouldn't have sold any ticket. You're you right. Know, like, yeah, 100%. They were trying to give a reflection of what's happening. And that's what Woodstock was initially. It wasn't necessarily supposed to be peace and love. It just turned out that way because everybody was being cool and the music was chill and it was fantastic musicians. Uh, there wasn't necessarily a genre. But there was no festivals that had one specific genre. 
at that time. It was just a collection of the biggest artists at that time in America. So um, this was no different. And uh, I mean, I mean, if they did it again now, imagine, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> if that same festival happened now, people probably would have been dying, you know, just because it was just the, the way uh, things are these days. And but, uh, the one good thing about it was everyone there was witnessing witnessing it with their own eyes and not holding up a cell phone because no one had a cell phone there. That was the yeah. one good thing that happened from that event was you went and you witnessed it. And if you told someone you're going to meet them somewhere, you met them there because you didn't have a cell phone. But yeah, you had, uh, had your flip phone, though. Oh, right? yeah, you probably, yeah, where you, you can't take any pictures or anything. Texting wasn't a thing quite yet at that point, but definitely flip phones were banging at that point. Jeremy, you said you went out on the Saturday night and stood next to the stage for a bit. What was, you mentioned the vibe. Was it just like a, like, try put your finger on that. And also, what was the odor of the crowd at that point? Like I said, it was a bunch of people that looked like Fred Durst. Right? <laughs> Awful. Like, why would I? <laughs> like, I hate everything about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, big, stupid clothes and hats. And it's like, forget about it, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, that was, it's kind of like, the equivalent now would be like the Bar st barstool broski guys, right? Like, oh, let's go! <laughs> there's always going to be frat boys. No matter from now until the year 3000, there's always going to be frat boys. Yeah. Always going to be. Yeah, I know. But it was like, this is our time, and we get to call the shots. Well, what do you expect, right? When you give the broskies the keys... And they're the Broskis, Cheryl Crow gets up there and they're yelling, show us your When you give the Broskis the keys, you're going in the ditch. It's the car's rolling, the roof's going to break off. Yep. Like it's, there's no like parking it when it stops. Like it's gone, the car's getting destroyed. It's You're going mud bogging. Yeah. When you, so it doesn't matter. Uh, did you see Kid Rock backstage? <laughs> no, I don't. I, <laughs> Art Alexakis from Everclear, the singer. Oh, yeah, and that's he's, he's a good dude. How <laughs> I knew things were a little weird because he was always like the pinnacle of sobriety and he would always talk about being like whatever years sober. And he was just <laughs> face. Oh, he's no. Like, they <laughs> lost him. They lost him. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that was like on my way in to the, get our passes. I'm like, oh, man. Everybody has a different mindset this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you keep from that experience? Did you did you keep your drumsticks? Did you keep your uh, your media pass or your band pass? What'd you keep? Honestly, um, it was a just another gig in a sense because I mean, if you looked at our set, um, we I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, Happiness and was the record that was about to come out. So we played a bunch of songs from Happiness that nobody had heard yet. So if you look at our set, it's like, I don't know, 80% songs you don't know. Terrible move for a band. <laughs> hey, guys, hear me out here. 
We're going <laughs> like to play he, stuff from the new album that's not out yet. That'll get the, them on our side. Even to this day, I've seen if a post of it. I see a comment of like, I remember that they, they, they played, and I was like, I don't remember any of the songs they were playing. I'm like, yeah, that's all. <laughs> That's like, remember the one Simpsons where Homer's at a, a concert? He said, play something from the new album. Did that. Like, we played a bunch of songs nobody knew. And I'm like, n- looking back, I'm like, man, we were f- dumb dumb sometimes. Did you get hit with a water bottle? Not at that gig, but I did another. I've been hit with a piss bottle once. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It actually shattered my in-ear monitor that I had on. So the piss bottle hit me so hard that it broke the plastic in-ear. And uh, it knocked me off my riser. My, not my riser, but my seat, right? Who's and throwing I, a piss bottle? What event was this? Anybody in a place that's over, you know, 5,000, 8,000 people in a crowd, when they're stuck to the front and they don't want to miss any bands, they piss in bottles. Drink a water bottle and then they piss it, piss in it, and because you're so tight, no one can see your you from here down, right? Yeah, the piss bottle, hmm. pissing in bottles and pounding too in the front row. Okay, I can see the pissing in bottle. Just don't throw it at the drummer. <laughs> Festival, you see people pounding all the time, and not all the time, but I've seen people pounding while we're playing, like like in the front row. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How greasy is that? It's so bad. You got to bring the milk jugs like on Trailer Park Boys, the piss jugs. No, I mean pounding, like having sex. Oh, like having sex in the front. (laughs) Like how crazy is that? Like what it's like it happens anytime there's people together for more than like whatever, seven hours. (laughs) Really? Okay, this is inside info. I didn't know. I want to look at rain while you pound me. Well, I guess, yeah, you're that close to someone for that long. You're like, might as well just, we pretty much had sex at this point. Might as well just make just it official. Re- like, it's like, you know, when you're, you're trying to do something and you look and it's like, man, like, f- come on, really? <laughs> so, Jeremy, we're going to recreate. Well, we're going to have positive vibes when we have dan stock 2023 here in orno you'll be on stage is it dan stock or dan stock boom stock (laughs) i think dan stocks well boomsy stock now that doesn't go well dan stock tool stock tool (laughs) stock and we have to book tool though yeah no i'm coming though i'll be there for whatever you want. A perfect circle. Guys from Tool went into Perfect Circle, right? Yeah, the singer from Tool. And that was the same that was the same time as Corn and Limp Biscuit and everyone was big. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 We won't have any of those bands. We won't have any of the no the frat boy bands. Not like you're gonna have like uh who's a good one? Remember the what was that Stained? One? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I remember remember, It's been a while They were so big I remember uh, they did the song Him and Fred Durst did the song The slow one and they're all like crying At the end (laughs) (laughs) It was like the one for the broskies Uh, uh, 
<laughs> the man at your dad crowd just going. Remember I did it for the nookie. <laughs> one call. Find that slow and for swift threaders. We're idiots. <laughs> you remember the It's Been a While video? That's the thing I remember about that song. Whenever I hear it, is the video was 5,000 candles. It was just candles upon candles. He was like writing a love letter. Remember, I remember playing the show with those guys and I look out the bus window and it's him with his baby infant in a baby yard. <laughs> it was a w- weird time. It was a weird time in our lives. <laughs> it's, like, it's been a while. <laughs> Do right, just like huge pads and cars. <laughs> oh, f- Jeremy! Did you? Hey, did you? You didn't play Eden Fest, did you? <laughs> no. No. Okay, good. Because no bands no. got paid there. I know. I remember. Uh, I remember. I, I knew the promoter, the, the promoter and his brother, or the younger brother guy, and I remember like. Like they were stressed, so stressed, and that was it. Like that was their, I think that was their chance at promoting. <laughs> so, work. for those that don't know, Eden Fest was a concert that was held at uh, a racetrack here. It used to be called Mo Sport. It's now called Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Yeah, and it was this big outdoor festival. They had uh, live the band. Yeah. Uh, we had Howard Jones. Um, uh, I forget the other bands we had, but. The Tragically Hip, too, were on it, right? I believe so. I forget. We we drank a lot. But That's anyway, pretty- it was a disaster. No, no bands got paid. I showed up on the Saturday with a case of beer and no ticket. I just walked right in. There were no gates, nothing. Yeah. I just walked in. No one paid. So no bands got paid. It was a disaster. But yeah, there, nothing, nothing like Woodstock happened there. It was just... It was just poorly run, I think. No, but that was a big festival at the time, I remember. It was, yeah. They they, they wanted it to be something big, and yeah, it didn't work out. Um, It's at the same place where Boots and Hearts used to be, and Boots and Hearts has moved. And I, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast or if I've told you, but to this day, so Boots and Hearts was last weekend. To this day, people still show up at this old venue at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park looking to pick up their kids, parents do, at the end of the weekend, and they have to tell them, it hasn't been here for six years. Parents still show up at a venue that hasn't been used for the concert for six years. So at that point, you must question your parenting or your relationship with your child when you don't even know where they are. And then when you come to the realization, oh, that other place is two hours from here. Oh, man. That's... (laughs) Dunderhead move right there. <laughs> That's just everyone needs to get on the same page here. Anyway. Uh Jeremy, thank you for this, buddy. I can't wait to play golf with you on Monday. Next Monday. That's right. The twenty second, right? Oh, it's gonna be glorious. Can't wait, bud. Good times. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on. Okay, buddy. See ya. I screwed up last week on the podcast. I didn't get to emails. Well, it wasn't my fault. 
We ran out of time. So let's get to your emails. You can send them to yeah, let's talk at gmail.com. That's YA. Let's talk at gmail.com. We should all really talk. And if you send me emails with your words in them, I can read those. Pretty sure. As long as they're your words and not mine. Here's one. Hey, Dan, I'm sending this email in hopes it finds you well. I've been behind on my podcast because of a very busy summer. I got married and had some vacation time. Stop there for a second. Congratulations on being married and on getting vacation. I'll continue now. I noticed last week that there is now three best of episodes. I thought that to be funny and checked when Boomsy started. January. This is impressive. Thank you for taking time in the summer with the family and enjoying it. While I'd love a fresh episode every single week, nobody needs to work that hard, especially Tim. Thanks for everything you do and have done. You've made me laugh for most of my adult life. Cheers. Steve in a truck. Don't worry, no best ofs for the next, uh, I don't, I don't know when the next vacation is, probably not till Christmas. Dan, I've been following the Boomsies adventures since the start as I've crisscrossed the western part of North America. Whatever happened to those wonderkins, Chris and Cross, and why did they want to make us jump, jump? Stop there for a second. Uh, Chris Cross, we're a uh, rap duo that wore their clothes backwards. Their big hit was Jump. I think it was Jump, Jump, Jump. There was jumping involved. Anyway, Canada's Wonderland. Here's the deal. Yes, no one knows who Snoopy is. Once upon a time in Minneapolis at the Mall of America, they had the fantastic rights to the Peanuts Gang and had Camp Snoopy as their amusement park inside the Mall of America. Fast forward to about 10 years ago, and the rights to the Mall of America amusement park was switched over to Nickelodeon. Kids have a general idea who SpongeBob is. So in short, a shopping mall has more marketing savvy than an amusement park. Way to go, Canada's wonder why you exist land. Before you need to check, West Edmonton Mall is bigger than Mall of America. Let's call this one a draw between Canada and the U.S. P.S., I tried to proofread this before submitting Manitoba Bob. So far, we've had Manitoba Bob and Steve in a truck. And our final email. Hey, Dan, episode 29 of Boomsies made me giggle, especially the part where you said the T in a network you once worked for. And when growing up, you could only watch said network when you went to a hotel. When you did turn it, turn to it said network, you were disappointed with watching the Lumberjack or Fireman's Challenge. Made me think of an experience I had with said network only a few days prior. Okay, do tell. It was late at night. Kids were in bed and I wanted to sit and watch some sports highlights. I turned it. I turned it to said network. And what was I exposed to? The North American Air Guitar Championship. I thought to myself, what in the f*** is this Is this a sport? Why does this network have five sports channels? Then I changed it to Sportsnet and all was good with the world. Love the podcast. Hope Ron the Cat returns soon. Lonnie. Guys, 
Keep it down, please. Right. Remy knocked over a bucket. Uh, Lonnie, no returned run yet, but I'm holding out hope. These cats are driving me insane, so we need them back to keep the order. Because he ruled this house with an iron paw. He just glared at these things, and he's like, uh, you guys need to tone it down. And then he'd go. And if a big cat did that to me and I'm a little pussy. I'd calm the f*** down. I'm happy to report. I'm not a hippie again. I'm not into crystals. I'm not into astrology. But I'm happy to report the full moon week is done with. Because I am now convinced. That full moon energy f***ed me up. I was just feeling like garbage. I was dropping F-bombs. But now in, in the way I conduct myself, I can laugh five minutes later with my kids. And I tell them, I'm like, hey, I apologize for, for saying that F-bomb. But sometimes you just need to let it out. And it's okay to show your mood. So then I said to my Ruby, I'm like, I dropped a lot there. I'm sorry. Mm. Should I drop another one? She said, yeah, why not? I said, yeah, f***ing right. <laughs> and then we, it's all, it's all out. You feel great. You don't harm anyone. You aren't swearing at people. I'm just like swearing at the dishwasher. Like what? The, who f swears at the dishwasher? A bowl was on the wrong side of the table. I'm stupid because of the moon. So full moon, you're done. You're done. No more full moons. Half moon, fine. Full, no. So email me. Tell me if this also affects you or if I'm alone in the moon department. Old Mooney O'Toole. Also had an interesting uh, situation on the golf course yesterday. Golf with uh, some coworkers. Not producer Tim or Z money other people within the uh, bet rivers network. And I later discovered from Z money and producer Tim that one of the people we golf with was his birthday. He did not tell us. I was perplexed, but then I gave it some thought because I emailed him. I said, wait, we played golf on your birthday. And he said, I'm not a big announcing my birthday guy. He should have put in, in quotation or in parentheses, because I'm an adult. I'm not a big birthday guy, but I had a great birthday on the golf course with you guys. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. You don't go to the first tee and say, yep, it's my birthday today. As an adult, you don't go around announcing your birthday unless you're a person that has like a birthday week. But now, first tee, you're golfing with me. Hey, is today your birthday? I'm asking you right away. And then I'll give you a sleeve of Boomsies golf balls, which I handed out yesterday. Limited amount. I've only got a couple boxes left. So if you're golfing with me before the year's out, you're going to get some Boomsies balls. And also, <coughs> whoa, that was Flemmy. 
I also had a family reunion at my brother's, the first family reunion in, well, since COVID started, since COVID started in 1997. So people I hadn't seen since 97, I'm like, wow, you're like 35 now. What's the math on that? Yeah, that would add up. So children became adults. Adults became seniors. And my family, I still remember back when I was a kid, my father and his brother, brothers, they'd all shake hands. Never once saw him giving a hug. And it was, they were still doing that. They're like, people arrive. Hello, how are you? I'm like, this. We're turning the tides. I was giving big hugs. There was confusion. Because I did the, hold the hand, bring it in. So it was a half hug, and I, and I wrapped both around there. The new tides are coming in. The new tides rolling in. Out with the handshakes, in with the hugs. So I like doing that. That was fun. And I think uh, we better wrap it up before uh, Tim pulls the plug on this. I appreciate you tuning in to Boomsies. Tell your friends. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, which Natasha will be a part of. Natasha will also be appearing on this uh, podcast here and there. Maybe even weekly. It's up to her. If she wants to, do it. If she doesn't, that's up to her. She's her own person. Here at Boomsies, Unlike other workplaces in which I worked for in the past, we don't tell people, do it and shut the f*** up. We say, do you want to do it? No? Okay, that's fine with us. That's how people should be treated, like humans. Have a great week. We'll see you here next week on Boomsy. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, boozies.